Hi, I'm Nicole Delacruz. Hi, I'm Susan Baldwin. We are two design professionals from the children's wear industry. Welcome to our design intervention podcast. There are three main purposes for this podcast to help people entering to navigate in the industry to teach the people who are currently in it to be more successful and to inspire those who are looking for their second act to have the confidence to pivot and do what they love. Please join us each week where we will explore these topics and our experiences. We hope that you enjoyed the journey with us. Please like, share, and subscribe to our Design Intervention Podcast so others can benefit. Hi, everyone. This is Nicole. And this is Susan. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of mentorship. So we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but we're going to go a little bit more into detail this week. So I'm going to talk more about being mentored. And I will discuss more about the mentorships I gave and provided to students at FIT in the children's wear market. Okay. So for me, I have done both, but for the beginning of my career, I think it was super important to highlight the fact that I had really awesome mentors. And I just want to explain the benefits that I found from being mentored and how that helped my career. So the first person who I had, which I mentioned last week, that was Marlene Triolo. When I was Marlene Triolo Deckers, and then she got married, I think now she's Rodriguez. But so if anybody is knows of her. That's the names that she goes by. So Marlene was amazing. She was so giving of her knowledge and so supportive. And she had jumped from jobs to job. So from her experience, I kind of learned that you didn't really have to stay in one position, that it was okay if you moved for better opportunities. And I learned that from watching her. She also kind of took me underneath her wing and explained what her process was. So I was able to really learn from her. And again, this was someone who I was introduced to through my brother who had a friend that was doing lingerie design. So Marlene was very important in my career because I had many of my beginning opportunities. So when I was at Mamie Brothers, The people that I met there was because I did an internship there for two months through Marlene. And that was in Mickey and Co. I wasn't even in the same division as what she was in, but she kind of got me in there. Then when I did the internship at Stepping Stones, that led to my first job. Again, Marlene wound up leaving from there and going to another opportunity. I stayed at Stepping Stones and I was there for about six months with her during my college career. And then towards the end. And then I stayed about another six months after. And that was where I got my education or training from Charlie Fassini in Illustrator and Photoshop. So that was super important. And I, in the future, then got freelance jobs from her. We met back up at Children's Apparel for a minute. I don't know if you were there when she was there. So, you know, you you mentioned Marlene and it really reminds me that I think that I did work with her I think you introduced me and I, she might, I might've done a stint at freelancing at Catton Brothers uh, yeah, that Marlene was there Brothers. and yeah. you had introduced us and I actually did freelance and worked with her. She was amazing. Yeah. And it's so funny and it just really shows how small this market is yes. and you know, that you were mentored by this person and how 
I then eventually worked with her as well. She, she was fabulous at what she did. Yes. So good. Had a process. And I think that's the thing that in the beginning, when you first come out of design school, it's so important to figure out what your process is and no one exactly teaches you that. I feel like I learned by watching other people. And the other thing that I did that I think was super important is I always had a full-time job, but then I always freelance. So from meeting and working with Marlene at that first Mamie Brothers situation, I met Hanju. Hanju was another person who jumped around. She wound up going to Con Lucas. From Con Lucas, when she was there, she introduced me to Rosa Canali and Betsy Kennedy, who I then, from 1998, for about like 15 to 18 years, I think it wasn't until like 2004 that I finally, not 2004, uh, when I was at HIS. So this was, what year are we in? So that was like 20, <laughs> 2014. It all blurs together, right? I think it was like 2016, maybe that I stopped finally. It was almost like a solid 20 years that I finally had to cut the cord from Blueberry and say, you know, you need to hire someone in-house. I can't keep only being the person that's doing all your renderings and all your computer work. But the thing that I have to say about having freelanced for other designers while I was doing my own thing was that because they were spoon feeding me their designs that they needed to get into the computer, I saw their process of how they took the, you know, top from one garment and mixed it with the sleeve from another one, how they pulled their sketches, where they found their inspiration from, where they bought their samples from. So I kind of had this inside look with these experienced designers. And then I would never copy or do the same thing that they did but it gave me this foundation of where they were sourcing from, how they created, how they did their their process, how they sketched, how much of it was knocked off, how much of it was new and fresh. And And it gave their look. It it was a specific look to that specific company. I think each company has their own specific process, which lends itself to their look. Right. So if I didn't have that foundation, if I didn't have those people that kind of just took me underneath their wing and let me almost just watch them that weren't threatened by me or teaching me and just basically any questions I had, they would answer and they were eager to share their knowledge. And Rosa became someone who not from a design perspective, but just she mentored me anytime I lost the job, which I lost that one from Haddad, I went straight to Andrew and Rosa, and they gave me the encouragement and the support that I needed. When I switched careers, or not careers, when I switched jobs, I went to Rosa and Andrew, and they gave me information and support and guidance. And the one thing I have to say also, and this is a little bit of a different topic, but Rosa said something to me that has stuck with me my entire career. It was when I gave notice at Children's Apparel. It was the end of my relationship with that company. And they were doing everything in their power to keep me, offering me money, offering me basically anything I wanted, really awesome deals. But Rosa said to me that when you give notice, that the things that caused you to give notice are not going to go away. So if they give you more money and you stay, the money will camouflage it for a little bit, but then all those issues will come back 
and you'll have missed out on an opportunity because you didn't leave and you stayed for the money. And that was something that stuck with me moving forward that basically once you make that decision to give notice, you need to leave. Yeah, you need to move forward. I think sometimes, uh, you know, my father used to always say, do not make a decision based on fear. You know, when you know something, when you're familiar with something and they offer you, you're you're like, okay, well, this is great. Let me just stay because I'll I'll make it. I know what I'm dealing with, but that can change. And Mm -hmm. you do miss opportunities then. So you have to really look at your decision-making and decide what you, how you're motivated by that decision-making. Right. So true. And at the point that I was leaving, I wasn't leaving because of the money. I was more leaving because of the situation that I was in and not feeling valued and knowing that I had basically reached the cap of how far I could go. And they basically were dumping a lot of work on me at that point and wanted me to continue doing what I was doing for just a little bit more. And I just had to leave. Well, I think it goes back to what we had discussed last week um, on how designers nowadays are not as valued Mm -hmm. because we, we have so much more computer skills um, and that they feel that we can just continue doing. And then Mm -hmm. it's it's computer work. It's just a lot of computer work. Mm -hmm. Yep. So why don't you speak about your (laughs) experience now? So I guess um, graduating from FIT, I really had to find my own way through the fashion industry and through the children's wear market. Uh, I didn't have that formal training. However, I worked my way through. I observed a lot, just like you had, saw what the processes were, saw the ways people um, designed and how they constructed Um, And then I had the opportunity when I was at Mamie Brothers, I was there for a good 16 years. There was a period of time from two or three years where we partnered with uh, Fashion Institute of Technology and we joined their mentorship program called the Practicum. Um, So we were given each semester a Practicum student uh, from the specialized children's wear division, which was really interesting. Uh, So we were able to take a student, they were paired with us, and they followed us. And this became a credit for them. I think it was like a three credit course, uh, where they would spend, let me say, like every Thursday, from nine to 12, it was their, their, their class time. And they spent most Thursdays with us, there was a few Thursdays that were spent back in the classroom or back to report what they were doing. And so really the purpose of this program, you know, I think when you're in school, you have this very idealistic view of how you you do things, you know, you, and again, in the children's wear market and in fashion design, you're going for pattern making and draping and sketching and Mm -hmm. doing all of those classes, but you don't have real world experience. So you come out and you're like, okay, how do I do this now? So I was getting these students, they were coming in and the, the whole, um, I guess, directive of, of why they were there was to follow at the time I was designing flap doodles and to take that brand to see how I was doing. So they would come in in uh, August. So they would be there for the fall semester. 
So I was designing for the following fall. They would look at what our color palette was and they would mimic what I was doing, but do their own spin on it. So this way that they were able to kind of follow our process and understand industry standards on how to design for each season, which I thought was really important. Mm -hmm. They would take their, the palettes, they had access to our fabrics. They also did a lot of fabric swatching in the market. They would go to Mood Fabrics and other uh, fabric stores, uh, but they'd, had, they'd have access to our fabric library, to our knowledge. They, they were able to sit next to me and ask any question from nine to 12, show me what they were doing. And it was really a working session. So they saw what I was designing, whether it was a collection or sets or separates. And they would make a decision. I mean, the first week we would really do a whole, um, just showing them the brand, what our aesthetics were. Um, and then they would take that and decide what they were going to do. And it was really, it was amazing to, to watch these students come in at the beginning of August and by December have created a whole collection and it was really great because it was portfolio ready. It was industry standard portfolio ready pages that they had so that when they did graduate, they were actually seventh semester students. So then they would have their last semester and they had some ready, uh, ready portfolio pages, was, which I thought were, was incredible. So this whole mentoring program, I did it for three semesters, one each year. Uh, and I had three different students and it was really fabulous. I, I just, I found it so um, gratifying to have somebody and really be able to mold them and show them. It was almost a shortcut to say, okay, this is what you've learned, but how do we apply it? And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that can lead us into then on the job and as the designer and having the associate or the assistant underneath you. I think that for new people coming out, it's important that the person that they're underneath not be threatened and be open. And that's not always something that's easy to find because a lot of the designers who are older or who, depending on their situation, may be nervous about sharing that knowledge because they're afraid that they're just going to teach somebody and then the person's going to take that and go to another company, which very well may happen. But you have to kind of let that fear go and just because the process is so much smoother and better. So when I was at Children's Apparel, I had Rose who was underneath me. Rose did all of my production and all of my tech packs. She literally had no desire to do anything more than that. She did not want to move forward. So, you know, with her, I kind of just gave her the information, but she had no desire to be a designer. She didn't want to. Then I also at Children's Apparel had Milana underneath me. Milana was amazing. Milana was so eager to learn at the time we were doing Barbie. So she was obsessed with Barbie. She actually looked like Barbie from like the blonde <laughs> hair, the amazing body. She worked out. She had a six pack after a child. She just was awesome. But she really was my partner side by side. And I could give her draw this body, put this body in. Okay. Then she would have things laid out and I would say to her, okay, this is our color palette. You can start playing around with it, start coloring things up and then I'll take it. I'll finish it. Or I would critique it. So it was kind of like, a partnership and working together. 
So because I would have things planned out, she was able to work on that while I was planning out the next one. And we kind of would tag team and it would just make the process and the day go so much better because you're sharing and you're really collaborating. So for me, I think that I never wanted it to just be about my look or you know ego or any of that. I was completely open to the artist having an opinion and to Milana having an opinion. So it's more like a collaboration. I just felt like it made for a stronger design when there are so many more. And there has to be one person who's kind of spearheading the, it. Well, the lead. Right, and, and the lead, right. but to have those ideas coming at you and being able to pull from them, I feel like makes a better end product. So Milana was someone that I took under and showed her everything. And she stayed with me for a really long time and she became super valuable to the company. And then even at, Chums, at uh, HIS, I had two associates underneath me I had Tara who was amazing she wound up leaving and going to another company and doing like a sportswear but taking that knowledge that she gained and realizing that she could go and try and she wound up coming back but she did take that leap and try and she's doing her own thing as far as t-shirts where she has her own little company going on and then after that I had Christina underneath me who I taught everything that I knew as well and she really in the end was able to do many collections that I would just like tweak, but she was able to create the artwork. She had a great hand. And I just felt like if you gave the knowledge and gave what the instructions were, you could almost be left to do more of the creative and the concepts and then have other people do the technical. The other thing that's beautiful about having an associate underneath you or an assistant underneath you that is able to do the computer tweaks or changes, especially if you're doing Walmart product, which can at some point feel like Groundhog Day once it gets through that process and there's a lot of changes and opinions going on. If you're not the actual one who's doing all those changes and and putting that into the computer, it just makes it a little bit easier for you to get through the season. Well, I also think, you know, one of my biggest statements is I'm good at what I do, but I'm great when I have people around me so mm -hmm. that it really is about the collaboration and, and about, yeah, about yeah. the team and about allowing the people around you to do their jobs. Like I mm -hmm. had an associate at Flap Doodles and she was my associate probably for 10 years. She was very, she did a lot of assistant work, but she also did a lot of her own programs, uh, which was really helpful because as they become more skilled being your assistant, they can, you know, get done what you need to get done. But also when they get to that next level and they're able to design many collections or um, a grouping or a project, it really allows you then to put that, let them run with that. They can come back with that. And then you can look at it and really look at it with a merchandiser's eye, uh, come in it from, you know, when you're working on a project and you're in it, you're in it. And sometimes it's hard to see it from the outside. So when your assistant, gets to that level where they can do their own project, you can come in with a fresh eye, look mm -hmm. at it and see exactly what the holes are immediately. But currently, I am where I am now at HIS, I have an associate designer. And I also have an artist. And I find that my associate designer, as good as she is with computer skills, she is very task driven. And I have to remind her, that we can accomplish all these tasks, but you have to bring a design eye into it. Mm -hmm. But she's more focused in on getting the task done. 
and not looking at the really the education I'm trying to give her. Um, and I think sometimes it gets lost on her, which then I have my artist who is amazing and has such a design eye that it really has come down to the fact that my artist, I consider her my assistant designer. Mm-hmm. She can add stuff onto the body. She can look, I can give her a board and say, hey, Candace, take the board and look at it for, for colorways and uh, fabrications. And she's learning. She's learning about fabrics and anything that I'm willing to teach her, she's willing to learn. And that is an amazing partnership. Okay. So jumping off of that, I think that it's important that we discuss. So how do you get these mentorships? How do you find that designer that is willing to teach you and help you? So the one thing I have to say on that is there are two places where you need to speak up and you need to make it clear of what you want to get out of the job opportunity that you're maybe being offered. So that would be in the interviewing process, you need to speak up and say that you're eager to learn, that you want to be a part of the team and to help collaborate, that you wanna be involved in the drawing of the bodies, that you wanna be involved in having the opportunity to color things up, that you wanna grow and learn. It's important that you state that at the interview. Then when you're on the job and you get the job and you're working with this new designer, it's important that you not just leave it at that interview table that you made that statement, but every week, if it's not happening, you have to speak up. You have to say, oh, do you want me to color that up? Or, oh, do you want me to draw that? Or do you have any bodies that I can sketch? Or take the initiative. And when you have free time or downtime, color things up. When you finish a part, if you're waiting for the designer, go to that next step, watch, pay attention, observe what she's doing to have a notebook, write down her process, what you think it is, so that you can kind of start to get involved more. So the point is that if you don't take the initiative and if you don't become like a sponge and just absorb everything that you're teaching, then people can't read your mind and they're not just going to, because they get busy. So it's not that they don't want to help you. It's about communication. Mm -hmm. It's really about communicating what your, what your needs and your wants are and And what you can do for them. But it's also about actionable points. It's about, you know, where I've had plenty of assistants who have taken that initiative and come back to me and said, Hey, Susan, look, I put together a mood board for the Mm -hmm. upcoming season. It's so much appreciated. It's less work that I have to do. Exactly. So the important thing to remember is that you have to communicate your intentions, you have to speak up, you have to not be afraid to ask to do more, and you have to want to do more. And then people will help you because that is going to help them in the end. And having that team that all works together and collaborates is just going to make for a stronger design in the end. And then the upper management's going to see that your team is working and that you produce and that in the end of the day is the most important thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Again, like I had said, uh, when you have a team working on a project, you have a lot more eyes on it. You're able to come to a final destination with it um, and then move on to the next. And so it definitely helps the whole process. Yeah. And we can get into this on a future podcast, but I think that another topic that we should really cover is that what you're learning in school 
is really the foundation. You're learning all different areas of the industry. You're learning all different parts and components of the construction process. But some of those skills, you're never going to have to use. Yeah, no, you won't. Again, I didn't get that formal education. And I really took it upon myself. Always raised my hand again. Um, last week talked about how they were training a few people on the computer. I raised my hand. I'll do it. When they said somebody has to go to the fa- to the mill to approve yardage for, I, I think I was doing a JCPenney project at the time. And I had to stand there with actual chips and match them and print off thousands of yards at one time. It's, it was a little nerve wracking, but I did it. And uh, you learn so much, you get to see the machinery, you get to see the factory, you get to see the process, and that is invaluable. And then another thing that I would say that you can do to help your designer to show that you're wanting to learn and be involved is set up a Pinterest board or when you're going shopping in the stores and you see newness or you see a new idea, take pictures of any stores that you're in, whether it's a junior store or just shopping for yourself. If you're in the children's industry, it doesn't just have to be children's because you take ideas and concepts from juniors or from things that you're seeing out in the market. Or if you're there shopping for yourself and you're in H&M, stop into the children's area, take pictures. If there's something new that you see, you know that the categories that you're working on underneath the designer that you have. So if you're doing cozy sets or you're looking for cute artwork, maybe you hear that she's like, oh, I need artwork for this set or I need to find some new concepts for a category that she's working on. When you're out in the store, take the pictures of those items, help her out, make a Pinterest board, get some links that she could then just click through and find ideas ideas because everybody wants information and you can't be in all places at once so anything that you can do to support your designer is just going to show them that you're eager to learn and be a part of the process and they're going to help you and allow you to be a part of that process oh absolutely currently my assistant really is amazing like I had said about uh just her whole skill set on organization uh, you know, we buy a lot of reference samples and inspiration samples, and she makes sure that we have it fully documented, swatched, um, that we have a full library of what we're working with. And it is so helpful as the season goes on to be able to really go back to that. And I, I really depend on her for that. She has that whole library. Um, and it for her, it's a great education because she is seeing what, what's trending, what's out there. And she has the full knowledge of that as well. So even though it's this assistant project, it really gives her the bigger scope of what is out there for trend. So jumping off of that, that is just showing your designer support. So for me personally, I wasn't super organized, but I had multiple assistants underneath me who helped me get organized. And these were people that didn't even they just saw that certain processes <laughs> that I had weren't the That's best. A, oh, I think sometimes the more creative you are, the yeah. less organized you are. And it, I think it's a it's a learned process. I know I have struggled, and I have I make I have to make it a, a real conscious effort each season and each day to be as organized as possible. It's not easy. Yes, and part of the reason why I used Pinterest so heavily towards the end of my 
last probably five years in the industry was because I would take all these snapshots and I would have no idea what stores <laughs> where they, they were from where they because were from. <laughs> I just followed them by, you know, filed them by tops or leggings or prints or whatever it was that I was saving it for. Yeah. And then when people were like, oh, we need that sample. Where'd you get that picture from? I would have no idea because I no wasn't idea. labeling it. It just was called image one or image two, whatever. <laughs> so then Pinterest was a lifesaver for me. And then I had assistants who basically would say, oh, I made a library of the black and whites for us so that when we get to next season, we have all the bodies in the black and whites. Because over time, they saw we're drawing the same things over and over and we're pulling it from old boards instead of having just a black and white library created from the tech packs that they had done. So they really took the initiative to set those up for me. They took the initiative to set up trim pages for me. And again, these are all things that are helping your designer, but they're going to help you also, because if you're drawing the bodies to have that trim library or have that library of tops and sleeves and components that you're pulling together, it's only going to make your life easier and the designer's life easier. So again, with the mentoring and the mentorships, the key component is to support your designer, show them that you're eager to learn. And the more initiative that you take, the more that they're going to allow you to be involved in that process. And on asking questions, like it's great to support, but it's also, you know, the questions. And I always say, ask the question. I have no Mm -hmm. problem answering the question. Ask whatever you're curious about, whatever you need to know, ask. I am happy to explain, to discuss. And, and I've had plenty of questions and, you know, you think you think they're the most obvious, but sometimes to them, to an assistant, they they don't understand. So I think it's it's really important to make sure again that communication to keep that communication open so that they feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to ask that question. You can answer it, and then they grow and develop that way as well. Right, and the importance have a notebook, write it down. The best way to retain information is by writing it. Even if you never look back at that notebook, just the process of actually writing it down and having it there helps you to remember. And then if you do ask a question and the designer already gave you that answer, don't keep asking the same thing over and over. You have your notebook, you took your notes, or if you don't want to take notes when the designer is telling you right then and there, after you're done with the conversation, go back to your desk, write down whatever you learned, whatever you want to remember so that you have it there. And that'll just help you to further improve each day. Yeah, that was actually a really good point. Uh, I had my assistant, uh, my current assistant right now, we were looking at different sites and at different, so she started a library and adding the stores and the retailers and the online uh, retailers that we would utilize. And she really started that um, list, which was great. And we keep adding to it. And again, she's she's taken upon herself to do the body library so that we've categorized. So it's really being about pulling and being able to use. And I think, again, that's something we'll discuss about libraries and mm-hmm. the importance of all that. That's like a whole nother, mm-hmm. you know, a whole nother subject. Yes. So I think that we can, la- we can definitely touch upon that on a, on a later podcast. Yes, I agree. I think this was great though. Yeah, no, I a lot of information and value. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And again, uh, I'm so grateful for the people that were able to help me along the way. I know you were, uh, I was so 
gratified by giving that information back to the students. And it's, it's really, you know, school is one thing, being in the industry is another. And it's about really combining your education and real life and right. with mentors and mentorships. Right. And, and if you have the opportunity to find that person who's willing to teach you, take the knowledge that they'll share with you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting us talk about this today. Uh, I'm really excited as we continue our endeavor. Yes. And remember to like, share, and follow the podcast. And also, if you have any topic ideas that you'd like us to cover that can help you journey, journey, <laughs> then please do comment below and we'll be sure to check in the comments. And you can also email us. We have an email that is <laughs> design intervention at gmail.com. Yeah. I want to make sure I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Have a great week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.